This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Wiley. Welcome to the Barreled Up podcast. We are going to have a fun one today. We're going to dive into... The New York Mets at a very pivotal moment in their season. It feels like there have been many pivotal moments, but we are coming up on a deadline, a trade deadline that we are wondering what the Mets are going to do. So we have Anthony Rivera here from Subway to Shade Podcast. I want to remind everybody you can find this pod wherever you get your podcast, including the Odyssey app. Be sure to turn on auto downloads so you get all of the content as soon as it's posted to the show feed. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review and settle in because, again, we have a good one today. Anthony, I do appreciate you taking some time to talk about the Mets because, like I said, this is a pivotal moment. I want to have somebody that's fully immersed 100% of the time on the Mets to be here to talk about what is going on. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Jim. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, the Mets are at a very pivotal moment in the season. It's been mm-hmm. pivotal moment after pivotal moment. and to this point they've kind of really failed at every moment and Mm -hmm. we're going to see what happens as we get closer to the trade deadline because we do have somewhat of a favorable schedule and we're going to see if they can kind of get themselves to 500 and see if that changes the direction that they're going to have at the trade deadline at the moment of recording 45 and 51 so six games below 500 after Uh, losing the series finale to the White Sox. But it was a series win. Took two out of three from the White Sox. But 17 and a half back in the National League East. Seven back for the final wild card spot. This is not the script that that we're supposed to be following this year. Where does the blame fall for this season, this team's performance, Anthony? What, in your opinion, is really what has led us to this point? I think everyone gets the blame, right? The players get the blame for not performing this season, especially with this high payroll and all the expectations they had. I think Billy Epler gets some blame as well for kind of the roster construction, specifically with the rotation 
and also with the way he constructed the bullpen. And, you know, Buck gets some blame too. He's not at, not, not at fault here because there are some moments in certain games where you say, why is he doing this with the bullpen when he should go, you know, why is he going left when he should go right? Right. And it's been just a full team effort, <laughs> as if you'd say, yeah. with this failure right right now to really, you know, be one of the top teams in the National League where they should be, considering what we saw from them on paper at the start of the season. Yeah, last year, a 101-win team. And after the offseason, despite Jacob deGrom going to Texas, despite the, uh, you know, some of it, some, some of those that were out there, some talking heads that wanted to say the Mets did not get better, I actually thought that with everything that was done, and with players maturing and progressing. I thought the Mets were going to be better year over year. So this is a big surprise. And you brought up Billy Epler. I want to talk about Buckshaw Walter in just a minute. But Billy Epler, you, you sort of jog my memory back to a take I had. And I, I would love to get your opinion on this. We see what's happening in Cincinnati. Cincinnati has, has been America's team over the last month. Ellie De La Cruz. And it's not just Ellie De La Cruz. He's the headline grabber. But it's Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McLean. They just called up Christian Encarnacion Strand. You have Hunter Green, who is in his second season. They're relying on their youth to take them to a new level. And it feels like the Mets, whether it is Billy Epler and his decisions on players that he signed and he brought in, specifically talking about this past offseason, bringing Vogel back, back because uh, they could have decided to let him go. I think they had the option there. Uh, mm -hmm. signing Tommy Pham. They blocked Mark Vientos. They blocked uh, Ronnie Mauricio. And when Vientos finally comes up, they don't play him. Um, do you think, let's, let, let, let's sort of let this lead us to the next topic. You've got the Billy Epler shortcomings, but Buck Showalter's the guy who's in charge of pulling the strings in the middle of the game on the field. What are your thoughts on Buck Showalter? Because it just seemed like last year there was... So much fanfare for Buckshaw Walter. You turned the team around. Uh, sure, there was the you know if you if you want to call it a collapse, the second half of the the back half of the season. Um, I, yeah, I I really don't put that on the Mets. I put that on the Braves. The Braves just played their ass off and they caught up. The Mets still had a 101 win season. Uh, so Buck was the man behind the steering wheel for that thing. Um, this is not like the St. Louis situation where Oliver Marmol. Who knows what's going on? Pujols and Molina leave, and, and now the Cardinals are terrible. But with Buck, do you think that he is on the hot seat after everything that's going on to where if they finish 10 games below 500, is he out the door? Or is this does he have a longer leash, in your opinion? I think he does have a longer leash. And I'm saying that because if you look at the past of Mets history and with we've had some terrible managers that have lasted two or three years. Like you said, he's coming off a 101 win season. Yeah. And now they're struggling this year. A lot of injuries, um, you know, some stuff that I do blame him on. Definitely bullpen management has been a struggle with him. The way he's handled the kids. I don't know. I, I think not bringing not bringing Brett Beatty up from the beginning of the season when he had such a hot start in spring, I think that kind mm -hmm. of messed with him a little bit. Francisco Alvarez came up with the injuries, and he kind of melded his way into the lineup. And now, you know, he's playing every day. Like today, he was a DH. So, you know, that that I think he's fine. 
Vientos, uh, even with the opportunities that Vientos has been given, has really not shown much like he's shown in AAA. So, you know, I don't blame him too much on that. One fault that I do give him is I do sense, I don't know if it's a, a lack of toughness, but there's something missing from this team because as you remember last year, they were the most hit team yes. all season long, and mm -hmm. they did absolutely nothing about it. Maybe one hit in that St. Louis series, and it was Juan Lopez who threw the pitch. It wasn't right. Scherzer. It wasn't DeGrom. It wasn't any of their big players. They didn't, you know, no one came out to start a fight, and, you know, mm -hmm. it's fine, but they just seem to take their lumps and just go about their day. There's something, there's a grit that's missing for me from this team. And I, yeah. I, I can't put my finger on it. Also the fundamentals and the errors that this team has been making, whether it's on the base paths, whether it's defense, they didn't have that last year. Right. They were so smart play, playing small ball and, and getting runs, manufacturing runs it's not happening this year. And I, I don't know like where that has changed from Buck or, or like that's where the, the blame for me where Buck goes. Uh, roster construction, like I said, that's that's an Epler thing. But but Buck Buck does get some blame. But like as you, you mentioned, you think he's on the hot seat. I don't think so. I think if next season the Mets start off the same way, you can definitely be looking at a, a hot seat uh, moment. Yeah, Buck has a has a reputation of being a no nonsense guy. When I go back to when he first came to Baltimore, Baltimore was in shambles. They had underperformed. Uh, they had guys not running out ground balls. Buck got there and changed that immediately. So to have the mistakes you're talking about on the field, base running, things of that nature, that just doesn't seem like a Buck Showalter kind of team. Mm -hmm. So. You you wonder if they're just as surprised as we are because, or, or they're just waiting for the ten game winning streak because somebody's head should roll and maybe it's yeah. not Buck, but a message needs to be sent that this is unacceptable and find a sacrificial lamb, hitting coach, pitching coach, bench coach, assistants, somebody. To, to get that message out there, um, you talk about how they started the season. And it is interesting, two vast different uh, comparisons, how last year they were under attack, it seemed like. And Buck was holding the ship together, right? And this season, they didn't have that same sort of come together moment. Instead, they had a lot of people wondering why Brett Beatty wasn't there at the beginning. Because, right, I remember Brett Beatty was, was great in the spring. And Alvarez finally came up. But even, I'll say this, I know our friend uh, Wardy, I think, wrote off Buster Only forever with Buster Only's comments about when Narvaez and Nito come back, that they may have to make a decision with Alvarez. I don't know if that was necessarily Buster just coming up with something on his own or if he got that information from somewhere in the clubhouse. And if that's if if that is the case, if Buster came up with that on his own, Buster's nuts. But if Buster got that from someone, got that from his conversations with Buck, which I'm sure Buck and Buster have a, a relationship. They worked together at ESPN yeah. for years. You wonder if Buster got that from Buck, and that's the way Buck was thinking. And if that's the case, we get back to the 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 the, the, the let the kids play. Because I do think what we've seen in Cincinnati rejuvenated that club, and I think we could have seen that in New York. 
What are your thoughts? Let's let's take that to the next uh, to that next topic about the kids. Um, Brett Beatty struggled once he finally did get his call up. Um, has had some better moments since there, but I don't think this has been the Brett Beatty uh, season that many of us expected. Alvarez has been amazing. Vientos doesn't seem to uh, have a shot, and Mauricio was stuck down in the minor leagues, can't get a call up. Your thoughts on the kids? Should they be played more? Is this at all a cause for where we're at right now? Give me your thoughts on on those. Really, I guess those four specifically. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You know, I, I, I haven't really, like, I don't really follow the minor leagues until you start hearing about them coming up. Like, you, hey, yeah. you know, Francisco Alvarez is really, he was the probably the number one guy because he's been the number one prospect and he was number one on MLB mm-hmm. Pipeline for so long. But um, when I, I, I didn't start really hearing a lot about Mauricio until winter ball when he started lighting him up. It up. And he yeah. was hitting well in spring, and now he's hitting well in AAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the path that they took with getting Vientos up here, with getting Beatty up here last season, and even um, Alvarez towards the end of the season, everyone thought that since they didn't make a big move at the trade deadline, that these kids were going to come up, and they didn't. They waited till an injury happened. I think Vientos and Beatty came up with injuries. And then Francisco Alvarez came up within like the last week of the season. Mm-hmm. I feel that that same approach is going to happen with Ryan Mauricio uh, if he doesn't get traded. Mm-hmm. And if the Mets are out of this, they're going to need something to bring the fans to the ballpark because, you know, I was at the postseason last year, uh, game two, the game that they won, and it wasn't a sold out crowd. And you're telling me with this team out of a playoff hunt, they're going to need something to get them right. going. So they're going to play the kids. Ronnie Mauricio is going to probably come up. So I don't think we're going to see him until that point. They have Luke Voigt probably is going to be the next one called up at some point. Um, and, and, and I don't I don't see Mauricio right. making it up here. There has to be a vast amount of injuries for something like that to happen right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Alvarez, he's got his spot right like that he's right. earned that spot yeah. I, he's had i think more go-ahead uh rbis and game-winning home runs he's amazing he's great yeah yeah he is as advertised Beatty, it's taking a little longer like i said i don't know if him not making it out of spring training kind of messed with him a little bit but he's taking a little longer to you know get started um he's starting to hit a little better as the months go on but mm-hmm. you know it's still not what we saw from him last year and this year in spring and triple a, it just hasn't been, you know, for that we're kind of seeing what we've gotten from Eduardo Escobar. But I guess if you want to see Beatty play and get more playing time, I guess this is the time for him to take his lumps and, you know, get himself acclimated to the league. Yeah. I, Brett Beatty, just looking at the two comparison, Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez, it is, 
you know, if there's one thing to take away from the season, let's say the Mets finish below 500 and it's a great disappointment. The ascension of Francisco Alvarez is the highlight of the season for the New York Mets. Even if they do, I mean, the only thing that would eclipse that is them bouncing back and making the playoffs. But other than that, as the as the the, the road this this season is going down, Francisco Alvarez's ascension is the highlight of the season because you hear about prospects all the time and then they just don't make it. We may be witnessing that with Vientos, and maybe that's why Buck won't play him because Buck doesn't think he can play. Um, and you see Brett Beatty's struggles, but for Francisco Alvarez to step in there and this, he's played 70 games this year. what did he play last year? Maybe 10. Um, he did not play many games last year. So you're still under 100 games for this guy and he's crushing it. You're past the point where other pitchers are going to try to start making adjustments. So he's been able to adjust to that. It's, it's exciting. I mean, as, uh, a, a guy, a, a fan of an organization, the Blue Jays, that we keep hearing about these catching prospects that are coming. Danny Jansen, Danny Jansen never really turned into a hitter. Uh, Alejandro Kirk, the hitting has not been there this year. Traded Gabriel Moreno. Jealous that you guys have somebody like Francisco Alvarez. It's it's electrifying stuff. And when Mauricio gets there, I don't know why. And again, I don't know why they're waiting. I feel like you have an O'Neill Cruz an Ellie De La Cruz kind of situation waiting for you. Who's not calling him up? Is this an Epler thing? Is this a Cohen thing? Is this Buck? Is this the whole, all three of them together? Who's holding, who's holding him back? Well, I think for the most part, Epler makes these roster moves, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he keeps bringing, like I said, he brought in Luke Void. He keeps bringing in these, yeah. you know, fringe minor league you know veterans to come in and I, I don't I don't think that they think that he's ready yet and, right and and we preface this from looking at last season it took them forever just to bring up Mark Vientos right he came up after Beatty uh, so you right. know it's what they think of these kids Francisco Alvarez only came up due to the injury to Omar Nevarez, and mm. you know he has won his spot. I mean, the kid has forty RBIs, and I think that's third on the team. He's got a, over twenty home runs, or he's got about twenty home runs right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's earned his spot. Brett Beatty, there's really no one to compete with him at third base. Otherwise, you know he may not be getting as much playing time as he would be right now. Right. Especially now that they have traded away Escobar, who there's really no one else outside of Luis Guillorme to put there. Yeah. So uh, I think, you know, it's going to take some time to get uh, Mauricio up here. I don't, I, I would like to wait to see what they do at the trade deadline. And that's the same approach I took with the kids last year. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what direction they were going with until after the trade deadline, where he said, uh, Epler said, I'm not going to trade any of my top 20 prospects. So I don't know if that's the same approach this year. I don't know if they want Mauricio to keep hitting to, you know, beef up his stats to trade him at the deadline for something big. Right. But, you know, it, it all depends on where this team ends as we get to the August, I think it's August 1st deadline. Speaking of the deadline, do you expect the Mets to, do you expect the Mets to buy? Are they going to be buyers or are they going to take what what it seems like the path that we could all see going down is they trade Tommy Pham. They trade maybe one reliever. They trade. They don't 
officially wave the white flag kind of situation, but they trade a couple pieces that they can to get a, a prospect back. That is what it seems like they're going to do. Do you have a feeling of, no, they're going to buy, no, they're going to sell, Scherzer's on the board, Verlander's on the board. I think Michael Moreno had it the other day that that could be a possibility. Not that it was, but that it could be. Do you have a feel on, is this team going to buy or sell? I'm going to say that they kind of stand pat. Maybe kind of close to what you were talking about, where you said maybe trading FAM. I don't think FAM goes. I, I'm hearing a lot about Mark Canna possibly being, and then they're talking about people, you know, um, viewing Quintana and, and watching his games as he's about being traded. I don't think that's going to happen, but maybe right. a Canna might go. Um, I, I really think if if they are just pretty much where they are right now, they're probably going to stand pat. You can't gut this team no. and expect fans to come to the ballpark. Even with them, you're talking about a team that's possibly going to be eliminated from the playoffs. Then you're trading Verlander and Scherzer. You're pretty much saying that we're done. You know, yeah. and it's, yeah. it's not done for just this season. Mm -hmm. How are you going to rebuild the top of the rotation that quickly? So the, it, it's going to be them possibly standing pat. Now, I will say this. If they somehow, you know, have a really good weekend in Boston, have a really good game against the um, the Yankees and go into Washington and, you know, take care of business there and are somewhere maybe within three, you know, three to five games of a wild card spot and they decide to buy, it would have to be for a reliever or two and maybe – another starting pitcher, someone that can eat innings. I'm not saying a big starting pitcher, you know, someone yeah. that can eat innings uh, and, and, you know, take some of the, you know, stripe off of the, this team that's struggling to get innings from their starting pitchers and putting tax on the bullpen. Do you have, if they're buying, any sort of players, targets in mind that you would like to see them go for it? Any names in particular that you're – keeping an eye on on that reliever front or on that sort of uh, rotation depth uh, a builder front? Maybe look into Chicago. Now I know uh, Giolito had a bad, had a bad outing against the Mets, but yep. you know, that Chicago White Sox team, I don't know if they're open for business for trading. They got a lot of good pieces to look into and it all mm -hmm. depends on right. What is Billy Epler willing to trade? Because they're not going to make it easy for the Mets. They're not going to make it easy for Steve Cohen, who is really not liked in the league. Uh, right. They saw him spend all this money, so they're not going to help them out. We saw it last year with the Mets trying to trade for David Robertson and what they wanted for him. And then the Mets ended up signing him at the beginning of the season. Right. So they're not going to make it easy for the Mets to make these moves. Uh, so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what bullpen piece that they could get. I just know that, if they are going to be buyers, it's probably best to get someone in that bullpen, a long man, a middle relief, because, you know, we've seen the struggles with them putting Dominic Leone in every day. They had the Jeff Brigham's of the world. Even someone like Drew Smith, who has really not taken the next step in being a middle reliever and being a guy you can rely on as a setup man or something, he hasn't taken that step. So the Mets are, are really, you know, Adovino, Rayleigh, and Robertson, and they can't play those guys every day. <laughs> so right. they, they definitely need to bolster the bullpen. I think even if, you know, they are in that stand pat mode, 
they got to bring in some kind of relief help. They can't just go in with these guys going the rest of the season. They are tired. They are taxed. Not every day that this starting rotation is going to give you, you know, five, six innings. Verlander the other night gave them eight innings. That was great. Uh, even yeah. encouraging to see Quintana uh, pitch five innings and, and mm -hmm. only give up two runs. So the rotation seems to be stabilizing a little bit. If they can add one or two bullpen pieces, I think that can help set them up going forward. I think what should now, now what's going to be interesting with the deadline is there are at least double uh, the number of buyers that, than there are sellers. It's because of because of the playoff format. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of teams that are going to be buying and not as many teams that are selling. But when I've looked at the landscape, and you know the White Sox are sus you know prime suspect number one, followed by. Oakland and Oakland's already made a move trading uh, a Fujinami yesterday to Baltimore, which, which is interesting because I'm sure as a Mets fan, you look at that and you're like, man, I'd like to take a shot on him. All it cost was a double a, a, a double a reliever. That's all Baltimore gave up, but I'm sure Oakland probably wanted uh, a top 10 prospect from the Mets. Like you said, no one's going to make it easy on the Mets, uh, but KC Washington, Washington is a little bit different. It's a tricky beast because it's a divisional rival. But St. Louis, another prime suspect. The Rockies, I think there's going to be a lot of bullpen pieces that are available. Starting pitching is going to be the fascinating one because there's a clear tier A, right? It's Giolito, it's Stroman, it's Montgomery. And if you're dabbling in that uh, side of the pool, it's going to, cost you a lot to, to go and land with those guys. So you may try to go to that next tier down. Um, and if the Mets, so that could crowd that field for the Mets. If they're looking for one of those B or C plus level kind of guys, uh, like a Lance Lynn maybe falls in that category. Yeah, Lance Lynn's asking price may go up because Giolito's asking price is sky high and Montgomery's asking price is sky high. So I say that because starting pitching is going to be fascinating because everyone needs one but with the relief pitchers while it's a coveted role that everyone's going to be going for it does feel like the supply is going to meet the demand better than the starting pitching market so if the Mets are in you know in looking for a reliever or two I think they should be able to work that out easier than they would starting pitching which then you kind of wonder, you get back to if the Mets do sell, if that market, if that asking price is where it's at, could they get something good for Scherzer if he waves his no trade clause? The whole thing is going to be really fun to watch uh, the trade deadline as we kind of get into uh, get into all of that. Let me, let me ask you this. How do they fix this so that we don't have a repeat? in 2024 what do they need to do to get this on the right track uh, well first they need to continue to build the farm system uh, they've been doing it over the last couple of years um, they were kind of deprived of pitching in the farm system and this this uh draft they drafted a whole bunch of starting pitchers mm -hmm. so i i think they're going to be okay it's just a long ways away um one thing I don't want them to do, let's stop going after, you know, the late, you know, 39, 40-year-old pitchers. I didn't want uh, I didn't want um, Justin Berlander. 
Right. Uh, even if we didn't bring back Jacob DeGrom, I did not want him because I saw what happened to Scherzer at the end of the season. I saw him, you know, start to fall apart. And, you know, you add another, you know, 39, 49-year-old. And, you know, granted, he was a Cy Young Award winner. He just came back from Tommy John surgery. But you're looking at what has been going on with the pitch clock and how long it ta- how fast they have to get ready. And, like, that takes a toll on your body. And I'm pretty sure it's taken, you you know, you see Justin Verlander and he's sweating up a storm and trying to get himself back up to being ready. But uh, if it was me last season, I would have went, you know, I like the Sanga move. Uh, I would have brought back Chris Bassett. I thought that he was a real asset to this rotation, uh, especially with Scherzer and DeGrom out. He kind of really took the lead uh, for that rotation and and held down the fort while they were out. I know the last two outings kind of, you know, sealed the deal with his fate. But um, he was a guy that I thought, you know, pitched very well. And he was, you know, I need I need players that can play in New York City. And he, I thought he was one of them. Maybe he did not handle the, you know, the media well. But he could pitch here. And that's yeah. what I, I want players that can play here. And yeah. I don't want to see the Mets start trading these guys that they have that can play here. You know, look at how well Tommy Pham has been playing. Yeah, I wouldn't mind keeping him around. If you're telling me I'm going to get a, you know, a, you know, 30 round, 40 round prospect for Tommy Pham, I might as well just keep him for the rest of the year. Sure. I don't want to just add a body to the minor leagues. You know, you keep the guy and let him play well. If he's playing well and he likes New York, keep him around. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I do think that moving forward into next year, they got to get younger. Um, I don't know with with. Epler, I'm a little bit worried because I have not seen him trade well. Forget him signing free agents because that money's going to come from Steve Cohen. Right. So that to me, he's not really doing much when it comes to free agency. It's what he's going to do when it comes to trading prospects, bringing in relief help, because he, it seems like he continues to get these guys that are, I don't want to say rejects, but but maybe that's the word. They, they, they haven't done well in other teams, and then he brings them here because they're, you know, bottom of the heap, didn't have to spend a lot of money. I mean, for a couple of years, I wanted Andrew Chafin here, and we could not get oh, another lefty in here. And I he thought would have been great. So, And then they bring in the Dominic Leones of the world to try him out. Uh, they just brought in Trevor Gott to, to pay for Chris Flexen. I don't understand that deal at all. And he's been terrible to start this this uh, time here. Right. No, that's it's interesting. I think I agree with you 100. Getting young, younger is is the way to go. But at the same time, I look. I'm looking at the lineup right now, considering what the team could look like next year, and considering this, you have at Carlos Carrasco is a free agent. You have David Robertson is a free agent. Tommy Pham is a free agent. Those are really the three key free agents. You've got a club option for Canna, which eleven and a half million. That's probably a pass, right? At this point, no, yeah. moving on. Very you've underwhelming. Got, you've got Brooks Rayleigh, uh, six and a half, which the going rate for a lefty arm, you probably pick that up. I would, yeah. I would assume. And look so, at how hard it's been for the Mets to bring in lefty relievers. Last yeah. year they had, uh, I think it was Julio Rodriguez, and he. Uh, Jolie Rodriguez. Joely Rodriguez. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm thinking of the uh the outfielder from uh Seattle saying that. But yeah, Joely Rodriguez was a hard chasing Shreve. I mean, you got a guy that's throwing so well, keep him. Yes. Even David Robertson, 
David Robert, you know, my problem with the relievers is every other year, it's like every other year with them. Like they 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 Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. You never know what you're gonna get. That's why it's so hard to pay for relievers because you never know what you're gonna get. Same thing what we have with Trevor May. But you look at a guy like David Robertson, his entire career is consistent out of two, maybe two injury years that he had, his ERA over five. Besides that, his whole entire career is consistent three ERA or under. And he's pitched in New York. He's pitched for the Yankees. He's Got pitched it. well here for the Mets. Yep. That's a, I, I don't care how old he is. I would keep him as well. I wouldn't trade him. I know he might be he might get you more, but how much more is he going to get for you? Is he going to get you a guy that's going to be able to play decent major league over the next you know five or six years? I don't think so. You're just going to get another guy to throw in to the uh, minor leagues. And and I don't know if I want to continue to get these pile mm -hmm. up these players that aren't going to be major leaguers. Right. It, it almost would be even as, and I, I even said it at the beginning uh, uh, of this, you know, conversation uh, that, that when we started talking about trades, that trading Tommy Pham, trading David Robertson, because they're free agents at the end of the year, um, David Robertson, I think, would get you something nice back. Uh, Tommy Pham probably would not. But what Tommy Pham gives the Mets, uh, 840 OPS, uh, steady bat, uh, tough, gritty guy that has shown he can play in New York. Even if they do those two trades, that's almost an indication that they're giving up. Because Robertson is one of your best arms out of the bullpen, and Tommy Pham has been one of your steady bats. And if you're going to Sith or 30th prospect, you're, I, would it tell you the same thing? If they trade Pham and Robertson, even if they don't say they're selling and that they're giving up, then they're, that they're kind of giving up if they trade those two. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now if you, if Edwin Diaz was playing this season and then you told me you were going to trade Robertson, I, you know, I'd probably be okay with it. Right. But this bullpen has been terrible. I mean, they literally the other night had an 11 to 4 lead and they gave that up and mm -hmm. had to bring in Robertson when that mm -hmm. should have been a night off for him. Right. So you're going to get rid of Robertson. Out of Vino, he's been okay. Uh, this, is, this is the thing where you have one good year like he did last year. This year, he's had a tough year. Right. Uh, Rayleigh has been good, but I don't see him as a closer. And then what are you going to give more opportunity to? Drew Smith, who struggled all season? Dominic yeah. Leone? Like, yeah. you have to have some sort of stability for this team. And even if you do sell, where the team is maybe not that far off from a wild card, you can forget the division. The division is done with. But if right. this team is, you know, three to five games out of the wild card and you sell – what does that tell the rest of the team moving forward that's playing the rest of this season? Are they going to give up now that that ownership and the front office has given up? I don't know. Right. I don't know if that's the right move to do. No, that's that's a good point. Those those how that would impact the clubhouse. We saw Milwaukee last year, the impact on the clubhouse trading Josh Hader. Uh, if you trade two of the guys, if you trade your 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 lockdown uh, back of the bullpen guy, if you trade one of your dependable uh that's you even if you don't say you're giving up the the Mets fan base will know that you're giving up the the twins fan base that is watching this from afar uh may not know I'm not throwing shade at twins fans but just 
the casual MLB fan might be like, oh, well, it was just Fam and Robertson. It's fine. They still have Alonzo. They still have Lindor. They didn't trade those guys. But it would be a bad indicator uh, to the fan base. That is that is for sure. Um, Anthony, tell the people that are listening where they can find you. Well, my personal Twitter, at AntRivera86. You can find me mostly. I do my tweets for my Mets podcast at Subway to Shea. You can catch me on there. My podcast is on you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Those are the best places to listen to it. I do have a YouTube page at Subway to Shea. I write for uh, RisingApple.com, which is a part of Fan Cited uh, for the Mets, and uh, that's uh, you can get me on Instagram as well at Subway to Shea, TikTok, all the social medias I'm I'm a part of. So those are the best places to reach me at. And I I do conversate with the Mets fans a lot. So if you got questions or you just want to talk Mets, talk shop, I'm I'm always available. Go and find Anthony wherever you spend your time on social media or in an you know, audio video format. Go find Anthony and subscribe and support Anthony. I do appreciate you coming, Anthony. Thank you for being here. I hope we can maybe revisit and dive into some. Maybe, maybe we'll have a good uh, Mets conversation that we can have later in the year if they make a run and can get back into it. What do you think? Absolutely. I'm I'm here for whatever you need, and I appreciate you, Jim, for having me on. This was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. Again, you can find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including the Odyssey app, and turn on those auto-downloads so you get all of the content as soon as it is posted to the show feed. Subscribe, rate, review, and now get out of here because we're done. Thank you guys for listening to the Barreled Up Podcast. We look forward to catching you next time.